how appropriate for the choir to sing that song. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me, where would I be? That's definitely in the echo of this cry, of this prayer. Uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or some translation says, the evil one. Aren't you glad that God is a keeper? That he's able to keep us. Looking at this text of this model prayer that Christ is teaching to his disciples, he's teaching them again how to pray. They asked, Lord, how do we pray? So therefore he taught them how to pray. And in this prayer, we've walked through this model prayer. Again, I say it's the model's prayer titled the Lord's Prayer. But if you really want to read the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that the Lord prayed, check John 17 chapter. But here we look as a model he gives to the disciples to teach them segments of how they need to pray. We talked about his adoration, our Father, hallowed be thy name. We talked about how who we are addressing and the intimate relation we have, calling him Father, how we want his name to be holy. Then we desire for his kingdom to come, his will to be done because we desire for his reign to take place because we found out that when the kingdom shows up, deliverance is presence. And we know we want deliverance around us, so we desire for his kingdom to come. And when his kingdom come, we desire for his will be done. And also, as we're doing his will, seeking his will, catch this, we don't have to worry about a thing because he will provide for us daily. So we ask continuously to our God, give us this day our daily bread. And then as we look at how daily we need bread, daily we need forgiveness. And forgive us our debts as we forgive in our debtors, now leads us further that we desire not only to have redemption and grace and forgiveness with our Father, we also desire to stay away from temptation. Is that your prayer? Because if that's your prayer, then your desire is to say, Lord, I need you to lead me, guide me along the way. And so in this process of looking at this text, it says, and lead us not into temptation. New Living Translation says, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So my question is to open this up, to start messing with your minds, to argue out this point is, can God be tempted? The answer to that question is no. God cannot be tempted. James 1.13 lets us know that let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. To better understand this term temptation, then we need to understand what it means in this text when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. There are two primary definitions for temptation. Temptation can mean to learn the nature of someone or something, oftentimes translated as a word to test. Uh, biology, chemistry, they test metals, they test chemicals to see how they will react to find out their nature. God has demonstrated to us that he can be tested, that we can find out his nature. We find that in Malachi, third chapter, 10 verse, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. 
so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heavens, our armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. New Living Translation puts it this way. Put me to the test. God is able for us to see him that we can test him and prove out his character. We find out another way to test God in 1 John 1, 9. We talked about it last Sunday on forgiveness and Wednesday night and Tuesday morning. He says that he's able to forgive us. How is that? 1 John 1, 9 says what? If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Just test him. Uh, Psalmist said it another way. Taste and see. How good the Lord is. Uh, just tell you, never go ahead and test God. You'll find out that he's true. You'll find out that he is full of grace. You'll find out that he's full of mercy. You'll find out that he is a forgiving God. You'll find out he's a faithful God. You'll find out he's a giving God. Oh, just test God. But God cannot be tempted of the other definition. Temptation means to attempt or to make someone do wrong. This definition stems from our own sinful flesh and our desire to do evil. We understand the flesh is in contrary with God, is in enmity with God, is at answer against God, is opposing against God. The flesh cannot please God. And since the flesh cannot please God, the flesh looks to do things that does not please God. Verse, uh, James first chapter 14 says, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed. By his own lust. Your own evil desires where your temptation comes from. And so looking at temptation, God will not lead us into what will harm us. But instead, God will lead us to what will help us. Because the first point I want to highlight to us is that God will guide the godly. God will guide the godly. How is that? Because the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. New Living Translation, Psalms 37, verse 23. This means to point out to us to meditate on that God directs the steps of the godly. Those who love the Lord know how to listen to him and follow him. The ungodly are not looking to God for direction and will shun him and hide in the dark because they don't want their evil deeds to be exposed. But following God opens up our eyes to see that the Lord has a good plan for us, a plan of hope and not of perish. That God will open up the eyes of our heart to see the hope of his calling. That God truly came, look, look, look closely here, that God came to set us free. But the enemy on the hand seeks to bind you, to, to blind you, to trap you, and to kill you. But Jesus said, I came to make the blind to see, the lame to walk, to set the captives free so that they can have life and have life more abundantly. Jesus came to deliver us from evil. And so when we say, Lord, lead us not into temptation, we're saying to our Father and our Lord to continue to transform our hearts. So that we won't be given into this evilness that we are realizing as Romans 12 to reminds us that we present our body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing unto God. So we will have a, transforma a transformation and renewing of the mind. How is that? Because I no longer desire to go after what the flesh is leading to. But Lord, I want your spirit to guide me and direct me. 
lead us not into temptation, saying that, Lord, I'm trusting you more than I'm trusting myself. That my flesh wants to do one thing, but, Lord, the Spirit has reminded me to do another thing. Your word tells me to do another thing. So, Lord, help me to do what you called me to do. Because as the Lord and the Spirit will guide us, the flesh will misguide us. See, we need to see that our flesh may oftentimes may have good intentions. But our flesh, like having good intentions, is like an old compass. You know, a compass does not point true north. It just points towards north. So it may get you in the vicinity, but you'll miss the mark. That's why you see how they got more specific with the global positioning systems. Having a proper latitude and longitude so you can have the number to be in the direct spot. That even that, they can use your cell phone to get to the direct spot and your location of where you are so that they can find you. And showing us here that, that many times we may rest on stuff that's not as accurate. And if it's not as accurate, it won't get you to the place you want to be. Am I helping somebody out this morning? And so in this process that God has wanted us to know that, trust me, that I will always get you in the right position at the right time. So that's why we can trust the Lord with all our heart. And lean not to our own understanding, all always acknowledging he will direct our paths. A new living translation points I hope make a crooked path straight. So we need to trust him more than we can trust ourselves. To realize that my flesh has good intentions, but my flesh can lie. <laughs> my heart has a good intent, but it's deceitful among most. So I need, I need to deny my heart, deny my flesh, and trust the Lord. And do as Jesus called us to do, that if you want to be my disciples, you must deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow after me. You catch the following. So if I'm following the Lord, I won't fall into temptation. Because <laughs> he won't lead me into evil. Hello. He says, I am the shepherd and I am the gate. He's going to show us where he wants us to be. And so when I'm trusting him and following him, I will be where he wants me to be. Can I give us another example just from the Bible? Joshua, Joshua, come here, Joshua. God told Joshua that every place you step your foot is yours. reason why he told him that because if you're following me, you're going where I'm telling you to go. And since I, you are going where I'm telling you to go, every place I'm putting you is going to be your land, your property. Why? Because it's my promise. Can I help somebody let me understand that when you're following God, he is taking you where he wants you to be. And so Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. So if I'm following the way, I'm going to know truth, and I'm going to experience life. And lead us not into temptation. And so when I realize that God guides the godly, then I also understand that he also gives me the grace to sustain. Because as we're praying for forgiveness, we also should be in constant praying for his grace and acceptance of his grace from sin to deliver us from evil. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 reminds us that no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And a God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape. Also, so that you can be able to endure it. To, so when we are seeing God, guys, the godly catches, God also opens up our eyes to see the exercise. 
You've been traveling before. You've been on the road before. You know which side the exits are on. And if you need to get off on that exit, you get on that lane so you can get off the exits. And if cars won't let you get over, what you do? You slow down to get over or you try to speed up to get over. But you know I want to be in this lane because I need to get off this road. Some of us need to be careful and realize that we need to watch the signs. Sometimes the signs tell you detour. But you say, I know a shortcut. Signs tell you lane is closing, veer over. You say, I think I can make it. These are the same lies that we tell ourselves when the enemy comes after us. Oh, one drink won't hurt. I can just stay out this time. It won't matter or nobody will see me. We, we see all the signs, but we ignore them and we don't get off. Then we fall into trouble. But remind you, can't blame God. Temptation comes from our own lust, our own evil desire. God will guide the godly. So the godly, we need to decide, Lord, I'm trusting you more than I'm trusting my own desires and what will satisfy my flesh or make me feel happy. But no, Lord, I want you to lead me away from temptation and what also deliver me from the evil one. I want us to point out that God is able to deliver us. If you believe that, tell your neighbor, God is able to deliver you. Because he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able to handle. God knows what we can handle. That's why we look at our people in the Bible and we look at them with such awe and astonishment because God knew what they could handle. He knew Daniel could face a lion. <laughs> he knew Shadrach and Meshach and could face a furnace. He knew Samson could face all the Philistines. He knew David could face his giants. He knew Jesus could face the cross. And so when we know that our God knows what we can handle, he knows that he's putting us in positions to succeed, not to fail. Because God tests us to prove our faith. That's why he tested Abraham to see his faith. That's what it says. It was not to lead him into sin, but to see how faithful he is. We find out that man does not live on bread alone, but on the word of God. But before that, he says he had to test them so that they learn how to depend on him. So that's why they had to get the manna from him. God tests us only to prove our character and our nature, and that's why we need God to test us. We need God to test us to show us how faithful and how loving we can be to him so that we know how we need to stay away from the evil. Because when I know how much he loves me, it makes me hate sin that much more. Think about how the ones you love, do you not, do, do you not make sure you do things that make them happy? Do things that make them pleased? Because you do not want to hurt them. How much does God love you? Do you not want to stay away from evil? Do you not want to do what makes them happy? Do you not want to make your daddy happy? And so when we come into this prayer and lead us not into temptation, we're saying, Lord, I'm trusting you and I'm depending on you to lead me away from evil. Because why? When I stand in the power of his mind, the devil has to flee. I want to curse people because a lot of people say the devil's busy trying to get me. I, let them, I, I try to tell people, let them know the devil can't mess with you. I'm serious. Because if you know the Lord, then you know he got a fleet. He can't mess with us. We are more than conquerors. Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. So in other words, who's scared of the big bad wolf? 
We don't need to be scared of the enemy. People say, if you're scared, go to church. No, I ain't scared. That's why I'm in church. I know what the enemy's trying to do. So when I'm trusting the Lord, he opens up my eyes to see the traps, to see the snares, to see how the enemy's trying to get me. And I'll be like, I'm not falling for that. And so we have to remember, remember and remind ourselves to depend on the Lord and not on ourselves and realize the things that we have to do to remove, remove, remove places for the enemy to get in. And lead us not into temptation is, is telling us to the Lord that we realize within your grace that it's not me who makes myself righteous, but Lord, obeying your word. So removing anger, removing uh, filthy talk, removing animosity, having a forgiving and a repentant heart helps to soften me to be more aware how to be more loving and more caring and not give room for the enemy. Because you understand that, that if we're not forgiving one another, that we have ang- that, that it, might, it might lead to anger. And the Bible reminds us that when you are angry at one another, it gives the devil a foothold. And all he needs is a foothold. He just needs to get in just to mess for a little bit. And that's all he needs. Because, you know, all, the, all, the, all you need is a dose, of po- a, do- a dose of poison. It doesn't take a whole lot. A dose of kill. The enemy just doing all he can to kill whatever he can kill. But when we realize that we have power in our Lord and our Savior that can lead us not into the and can deliver us from the evil one, we tell the, the enemy does not have to come after us because he's scared of us. Because he knows when we are power in his mind, he has to flee. When we stand against the enemy, he has to flee because he cannot defeat the word of God. And so in his grace to keep us, we find out that God is able to deliver us and, and away from the evil and that we need to stay in our lanes and be aware of the exercise and get out when it's time to get out. Tell your neighbor, know the right signs. Knowing the right signs will lead you to be more, be more forgiving, to be, have more patience, to be more gentle, to have more kindness. This will help you to, to realize that you ought to be living in the light and not in the darkness. When you know the signs, you'll be, you'll be aware of when things don't look right. You say, nah, I don't look right. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. Also, it guards your tongue that when you want to say something, the spirit reminds you you don't want to say it. Because your heart wants you to say because it's going to make you feel better. But in the long term, you're going to feel worse. So we want to do what God calls us to do. So we see that he'll guide the godly. The flesh will misguide us. His grace will keep us. And look what I like in Psalms 37, 20. It says this, for the Lord loves justice. And he, he will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever. But the children of the wicked will die. When you think about how you can meditate on God will guide us and keep us, don't get, don't get caught up with the wicked. Don't get caught up that you think they're successful so you want to try what they're doing. They will perish. They will die. They will suffer. But the godly, God will keep them safe forever. In the same Psalm 37 is where we see David saying, I was young, but now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children nor his seed begging for bread why is that because God keeps the godly forever when we realize that if my God is able to keep me from temptation and able to deliver me then it reminds me about who Jesus is Jesus came here to lead us not into temptation but to show us to the father and to show us how we don't have to fear death 
We don't have to fear death because he has overcome death. How did he overcome death? He rose from the grave on the third day with all power in his hands. And we read in Revelation that he has the keys of Hades in his hand, which means he has authority over death that nobody can bind and lock. He said, I came to set the captive free. The enemy is trying to, to bind us, to trap us, to snare us, and imprison us, and make us think that we can't overcome what's in front of us, but God is bigger than any problem you'll ever face. And when we realize that, we say, Lord, you can deliver us. We're asking God to keep us, and we're also asking God to take us out. Anybody ever been in trouble? But the Lord can deliver us, can he not? And so aren't you glad that not only can he sustain us with his grace, but in our times of troubles, in our times of weakness, he's able to deliver us. Jesus is about to be delivered over to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But he takes the time to tell Peter, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you, Peter, so that you'll be delivered. That you will be delivered because the enemy seeks to shift you as wheat. He's trying to get you, but I'm praying for you. And cancers, he lets him know that my God is able to deliver you because after you fall, after you fall I, and you repent, you restore your brothers. He's letting Peter know even before you fall, I'm praying that you don't fall into temptation. But I know you're about to give in. But Cassius, my God, is able to deliver you and to restore you. Aren't you glad he's a restorer? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But his grace is sufficient that casts that while we have yet sinners and we are not righteous, he died to make us righteous. He died to deliver us from the evil one because the devil wants to have us. He wants to destroy us, but he can't touch us. I feel like MC Ham, you can't touch this. <laughs> because who can separate us from the love of God? When I see that, Lord, lead me not into temptation, I'm basically finding myself to be untouchable, that the enemy cannot have me, and my God is able to deliver us. So we'll feel just like the disciples in times of storms. We'll wake Jesus up and Jesus says, why are you worried? Peace, be still. We'll be like the disciples looking around saying, Lord, we can't feed them. Send them home. No, sit them down. I'll feed them. And he blesses. God is able to deliver us, to intercede and provide for us like nobody else. And so that's why in this prayer, when we say, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, we really need to start saying to fully understand, say, Lord, I'm trusting you to lead me away from the wicked one and to walk in your righteousness because why the godly steps are ordered by God. And Lord, I'm trusting you that in a time of peril, in a time of trouble, as Psalm 46 reminds us, you are a present help. In the time of trouble, so I won't be shook, I won't be moved, but I will stand and trust in you. I will be still and know that you are God. I will realize, Lord, that I cannot overcome the evil one, that my flesh is truly weak and I do need you. And that's when I'll find my strength because when we are weak, haha, truly we can find strength in him and we'll realize that I can overcome whatever the enemy throws my way. <laughs> it can't stop me. It can't beat me because my God is bigger, my God is greater, my God is awesome. And so when we look at this prayer, 
We need to search our hearts. Because it says, and, you see that the and, so after you have already cleansed your heart for forgiveness, you're now also looking for a, a heart and a mind to stay in his grace and his mercy. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts. And lead us not into temptation, saying, Lord, my heart and my desire is to be pure and holy before you. And the only way I can do that, Lord, is depend on you. And look at how we can depend on things that are not eternal. A pilot tells you you're going to Florida when you get on the airplane. You believe him. You don't doubt him. You get on a bus, it tells you it's robbed. Is this way you believe them? You don't doubt them. You get on a taxi, you pay them the fare. They tell you where they're going. You believe them. You don't doubt them. You go to the soda machine and put your money and believe you're going to get a soda, and you don't doubt it. But many of these things we know have failed us. Flights have been delayed. Flights had to be canceled. Flights had to be stopped. Traffic jams happen. Detours happen. So the machine is empty. Your money did not come back out. But we just consistently depend on these things. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. God will never let you down. You can always depend on him. And he will truly get you where you want to be. He'll give you what you truly desire. And he'll bless you as only he can bless you. What did Malachi say? Test me. So test the Lord and find out that he won't lead you into wickedness and to sin, but will lead you into righteousness and peace and life. And he's able to deliver us. That's why we get excited and do it now to the one who is able to keep us from falling, to keep us from falling, to keep us from falling, to keep us from falling. He keeps us from falling so he can present us with exceedingly joy before his presence. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Every about every eyes closed. Let's meditate. Lord, we come just right now, just meditating. How truly is your grace and your mercy that keeps us and sustains us. And that, Father, Lord, we truly need you more and more and more each and every day. And, Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have kept us and sustained us, even when we have been unable to keep ourselves. But, Lord, you're faithful, and we thank you for that, even when we've been unfaithful. Lord, we come and just surrender right now with a newfound commitment of truly trusting you to lead us and guide us and direct us, that we do not fall into temptation because, Lord, we're leaning on your holy word. And, Lord, we know that you're able to deliver us from the evil one because we have all power through your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we, we surrender right now to you. And, Lord, there might be someone here, Lord, struggling with, with that sin, thinking they can't overcome. But, Lord, I pray right now that they just surrender over to you and know that, Lord, you can set them free. You can set them free. Lord, we surrender all to you. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know your son. As a Lord and Savior, Lord, we pray that they just confess with their mouth. And believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died on the cross for their sins and they shall be saved. Father, Lord, have your way with our hearts right now. We humbly surrender to you, we pray. Amen. Maybe stand us in the extended hand of the disciples. There might be someone here today.